thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, let's praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. To you, we give all glory and honor. Thank you for everything that you've done. We praise and reverence and honor you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Well, Jesus is wonderful, isn't he? How many of you believe he is? How many of you know he is? Well, turn around and shake hands with your neighbor and say, Jesus is wonderful. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Praise God. Amen. You know, uh, what's so wonderful about these meetings? We not only come together for a time of fellowship and enjoy the blessings of God, but a lot of material is available to us to bless us the process of time. I wish in my day, I've been in the ministry for, I'm in my 48th year, and I wish we'd had in our day available to us the material that's available today. Ministry and life could have been different for us. And that's the reason we want to share with other ministers, young ministers, what it took some of us 35 or 40 years to learn. Amen. And they ought to just be able to develop more quickly. I believe that we're nearing the end of time. And what we do for God, we must do quickly. Praise God. So take advantage of all the material that's available. And, uh, you know, whatever stage of spiritual growth you are at or wherever you are, whatever will work for you and put it to work for you. You know, one time when I pastored, last church I pastored, I, uh, I attended a Sunday school conference. And they seemed to say, you know, everything, you know, just put the whole probe. But one fellow I liked because he was more practical. He said, now you'll find out this. Some of the rest of them sort of took him to task for it, but he stood his ground. He said, you won't get everything to work in your church. But pick out what will fit you. And I just picked three things out of about 12 things they presented. I picked three of them. I put them work in my church. In less than 90 days, we had more than doubled in Sunday school. But I knew I couldn't put all 12 of them to work. So you'll find something in material or practical things or ministry that'll bless you and help you. Hallelujah. Help you to grow. Help you to develop. Praise God. And uh, that is important. Ministers are putting out all the time. They need to be taken in because we can continually feed. Praise God. Well, here's a new book that we've just, just been published called Casting Your Cares Upon the Lord. Now, you, sometimes you don't think preachers need that. Sometimes they need that more than anyone. Amen. Because they're under the load and under the burden. They, they should do their job. I remember years ago, and I relate this story in here. You know, just as a 21-year-old boy, I came over after I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost among the Baptists to the Pentecostals and the pastor of the Pentecostal church. And I'll tell you, that church had more problems than any church I've ever seen or known or heard tell of. And I got under the load of the thing, you know. I, I knew I ought to say something, but I didn't know what to say. And I knew I ought to do something, but I didn't know what to do. And I so overcome, I came to myself. Don't even know how I got out there. 
But one Sunday morning, before anybody ever, early, before anybody ever came for Sunday school to church, I found myself walking to Parsonage Yard, and I came to myself and said, what's the matter with you? You know better than this. And I said, uh, Lord, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to study. I'm going to pray. I'm going to visit the sick. I'm going to visit those that need visiting. I'm going to treat everybody just alike, and I'm going to turn the burden of this thing over to you. I'm not going to miss a meal or miss a wink of sleep. You know, just as soon as I turned over the Lord, we had constant revival. I mean, it was just absolutely amazing. Sometimes we're trying to do it ourselves. So this is a book that will help everybody, no matter who they are, ministers, preachers, teachers. It'll bless you. Praise God. We'll read some scripture that we read last night, and we'll add more to it then. First of all, in the first epistle of John, the second chapter, and in the 20th verse, John said, But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. The 27th verse, but the anointing, the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it is taught you, ye shall abide in him. Hallelujah. Well, there is an anointing that's in each one of us. Hallelujah, it is the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now that's true, listen to me real carefully, even with the born-again believer, because you see, he has the Holy Ghost in him. He may not be filled with the Holy Ghost or baptized with the Holy Ghost, but he has the Holy Ghost in him. You see, the Bible said, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. The Spirit of Christ, again, is the Holy Ghost. And... uh, uh, so if, if one is born again, he has the Spirit in him. The Bible said that God's Spirit bears witness with our spirits, doesn't it? That we are the children of God. Hallelujah. Well, I remember when I was born again on the 22nd day of April, 1933. Hallelujah. On a Saturday night at 20 minutes to 8 o'clock in the south bedroom of 405 North College Street in the city of McKinney, Texas. Hallelujah. Well, uh, the Holy Spirit came into my spirit and bore witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. And I learned and knew later on because that if I had listened to what the Holy Ghost, you notice you said the anointing uh, will teach you. And if I had listened to him, I'd have been off of that bed a whole lot quicker than what I was. I remained bed fast for 16 long months with two serious organic heart troubles, a body practically totally paralyzed, and an incurable blood disease. My blood was the color of the pale orange instead of red. The doctor said, we don't even try to do anything about it. Of course, they didn't know as much and didn't have all the things that they have today. But nonetheless, if I had to listen to that inward something, you see, did you notice he said the anointing's in you? It's in you. But of course, I hadn't been taught that. I didn't know to listen. See, so many times we have been religiously brainwashed and our heads are all cluttered up with religious things and we have not really trained our spirits and listened to our spirits and followed our spirits. But I I eventually began to listen. You see, the doctors, bless their hearts, we're not opposed to doctors. Thank God for doctors, especially good Christian doctors. Hallelujah. 
You know, the first thing I did when I was healed, one of the first things was walk to the doctor. Dr. Robertson was the fifth doctor on my case, uh, to his office and thanked him. He was a Christian man. And he came and sat down beside my bedside and just simply told me, son, I'm just going to be honest with you and tell you the truth about that. There's just nothing we can do, nothing medical science can do. And, and the way he put it, unless a higher power intervenes, you know, you just have to die. There's not even one chance in a million of you living. That's mighty slim. If he had said you've got one chance in a million, you might have had a little bit of hope, but he said you don't even have one chance in a million to live. Well, something on the inside of me. I know now what it was. This text said the anointing abideth in you. That's the Holy Ghost. Something on the inside of me told me I didn't have to die at that early age of 15 and then 16. Something on the inside of me was trying to teach me, told me it's all in this book. Praise God, and I began to follow that inward spirit or that inward anointing and got into the book. And then he began to open the word to me. And I acted upon the word. You see, I, I didn't know anybody that believed in divine healing, so I didn't have anybody to pray for me. If I'm going to get healed, I'm going to have to do my own praying. And really, that's better and best. Uh, and so, that's the way he led me. And I'm so glad that I listened to him. Now, you know, I followed that same spirit, that same inward voice. I remember there when I was on the bed, when I was healed. When I was healed on the 8th day of August of 1934, after being bedfast for 16 long months. And if you don't think that's a long time, you try and go to bed and stay to bed sometimes 16 months. Amen. And, and, and part of the time, uh, just simply couldn't even turn. They turned me on a sheet. You lie there day after day and week after week, flat to your back between four walls staring at the ceiling. And then sometimes couldn't even see it because my eyesight was affected so I couldn't see and I couldn't hear. And... Uh, and so much of the time, for weeks at the time, just seemed like you're hanging between the ceiling and the bed by a thin thread. And when that thread breaks, you're gone. But I, I learned to listen, thank God, to my spirit. Now, it was on the uh, second Tuesday of August of 1934. As, as I, Mama had bathed me, I still couldn't bathe myself. Mama had bathed me. Left me propped up on a couple of large pillars and the Bible opened in front of me to Mark 11, 23 and 24. And I was reading it again. I'd quoted it thousands of times in the nighttime. And I said to the Lord, Dear Lord, Jesus, if you stood here by my bedside in the natural, where I could see you and I can see Mama standing there, and if you lifted my hand and held it in yours, you see, and I'd already said to him, You said here when you were here on the earth when you pray, and I prayed, and you said what things you desire, and I desire well body. You said believe, and I believe. And if you stood here and held my hand, looked down in my face like Mama does and said, Son, your problem is you don't believe. I said it in tones of kindness, not arrogance. I said, Dear Lord Jesus, I'd have to say to you, you're lying about it. I do believe. Now, I'm talking about that anointing that teaches you, that abides in you. When I said that's something, you know, as I thought then, I know now, but just on the inside of me, just spoke right up. That was the anointing teaching me, see. He speaks to us by the Spirit. Jesus is not here in the flesh. With a flesh and bone body, because his body was resurrected, not flesh and blood, but flesh and bone, because he said to the disciples after he appeared to them, when they said it's a spirit, handle me, a spirit hath not flesh and bone. And so with a flesh and bone body, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, where he ever liveth to make intercession for us. And so he's not here in the natural, but thank God the Holy Spirit is. 
and he speaks to us by the Spirit, you see. The anointing teaches you. That's Jesus teaching us. Because he said, I'll pray the, I'll pray the Father, and he'll send you another comforter or a helper. Praise God. And uh, that he may abide with you forever. And he said, when he is come, when the comforter, when the helper, when the paraclete is come, he'll guide you into all truth. Thank God he does. Well, you see, on the inside of me, there was this voice teaching me that said, you do believe, all right, as far as you know. But that last clause goes with that verse of Scripture. And ye shall have them. And like a flash, I saw it. I saw it. What I'd been trying to do is get healed first. Have it first, and then I'm going to believe it. He said, believe it first, and then you'll have it. So I began to say, I believe. I believe. Right out loud in my room. I believe. I receive healing for the deformed heart. I believe I receive healing for the paralysis. I believe I receive healing for the incurable blood disease. And while I was saying that and praising God for it, then again, that anointing in me, in me, said, Arise. Well, people ought to be up at 10.30 in the morning. Ordinarily, that'd be the case. Get up. And I thought for a moment, my head, well, how am I going to get up? How are you going to get up paralyzed? But when I made the effort, then the power of God came down on me and went through me like a bolt of electricity. And I stood upright on my feet and was healed and have been healed ever since then. Amen. Praise God. And I say this to the glory of God. Now then, almost 48 years have come and gone Hallelujah. And I've had what I call 48 years of divine health. I've not had a headache in 48 years. Last headache I had was August of 1933. Now I think if you don't misunderstand me at all, like I said, I'm not opposed to doctors. Thank God for them. Medical science help people as much as possible. Good Christians. But I haven't needed to go to it. I haven't been because I didn't need to go. If I'd have needed to, I'd have gone. The process of time, I've sent people to the doctor and paid their bill and bought them medicine. But thank God, God's word works. Now that all came about with me, you see, by listening to that inward anointing that teaches you all things. Hallelujah. And so I listened and obeyed and off of the bed I came. Now, you know that it was that same spirit. I, I would challenge anybody that's born again, because if you're born again, you're born of the spirit. And if you're born again, it was that same spirit and that same anointing that teaches that led me right into the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the endowment of power from on high. Again, it was that inward voice in me. See, I closed my ears. I went around Pentecostal people because I believe in divine healing, but I'd close my ears when they'd get off on this subject. You know, and I said, well, I believe in the Holy Ghost, but I don't believe in the tongues. You know. So I just simply walking down the street in my hometown on the eighth day of April of 1937. And uh, I said, Lord, I was about to enroll, you see, in, in Baptist uh, college or seminary. And so I, uh, I said, Lord, who's right about this? And I began to quote Dr. So-and-so of Baptist, you know, Dr. George K. Truitt. See, that puts me way back there, don't it? Pastor First Baptist Church in Dallas. And uh, then another renowned Baptist minister. So, and then I said, now these Pentecostal people say, you know, that you're baptized with the Holy Ghost, Acts 2 4. 
They said, Dr. Truett said, if you're born again, you're born of the Spirit, which is correct, all right, so you have the Holy Ghost and that's it, period. Now, who's right? Now, notice that the anointing teaches you all things. Did you notice that? The anointing abideth in you. Right on the inside of me, there was an inward something that knew I knew because I'd read the Scriptures. What does Acts 2.39 say? Well, I immediately quoted it right out loud. I said, Acts 2.39 said, For the promises unto you and to your children, all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Then that inward voice said, what, what is that promise? I said, well, the latter part of the 38th verse said, You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then I said, oh, I believe in the Holy Ghost, all right, but it's these tongues. And that inward voice said, what does Acts 2, 4 say? And I very glibly began to quote, Acts 2, 4 said, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to say, oh, I said, I see it, I see it, I see it. I'll just go down to the Pentecostal preacher's house right now and get this experience. So I went down there, knocked on the pastor's door and said, I came down here to get the Holy Ghost. What I meant was the baptism. I knew I had the Holy Spirit in the new birth. That is him talking to me and teaching me all the time, the inward anointing. Are you listening to me? But what I meant was this endowment of power from on high. Well, the first thing he said was, wait. And seek for it in the service tonight. I said, well, it won't take me long to receive it. He said, well, come on in then. So I remember I just went in and I knelt down by a large chair in the living room and the pastor and the evangelist, they were in a revival. If they tried to give me an instruction, I don't know what they said because I closed my ears. And I just lifted my hands and said, Lord, I've come down here to receive this Pentecostal experience. And you said in your word, the promise is unto you and to your children, all that are far off, even as much as the Lord thy God shall call. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak to other tongues. And so I said, I received the new birth. See, the new birth is a gift. Salvation's a gift. I received it by faith. I received my healing by faith. Now and then I receive the Holy Ghost by faith. And now I want to thank you because I am now filled with the Holy Ghost. And now I expect to speak with tongues. And so praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah about a half a dozen times. And I know everybody's going to have their own individual experience here, but it just felt to me like somebody built a fire right in here, just like a bonfire. And it just, it just blazed up, and there were these strange words on the inside of me to come floating up. seemed like I'd know what they sounded like if I spoke them, so I just started speaking them out. And I spoke in tongues for an hour and a half. Now, I could have quit, but I didn't want to quit. Sang three songs in tongues. And instead of waiting, going down to the service and seek for it, I went down the street talking in tongues to church, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, now, I followed, I followed the teacher. I followed that inward anointing that I received in the new birth. He said he'll teach you all things. Praise God forevermore. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Now, then we're acquainted with these scriptures. I want to get to something else here, but this is important to us, too. We're acquainted with 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Now again, I want you to notice what he says here. He said, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He's talking about the Holy Ghost that's in us, or Christ in you, the hope of glory. By the power of the Spirit, he dwells in us. Are you listening to me? Or, 
As John already had said earlier here in this letter, the anointing abideth in you. And that's what he's talking about. Then come back over to 1 Corinthians for just a moment. And let's notice the 16th verse. Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, said, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? Who's the temple of God? Ye are the temple of God. And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, Paul is using different terms to say the same thing John said. He said, the anointing which you received of him abideth in you, didn't he? I said, didn't he? Now, here Paul said, ye are the temple of God, for the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, hold that verse, because I'm coming back to it in just a moment. But now then look at 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, and notice this verse. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own. Then notice this second letter that he wrote to the Corinthians. Seems to me like that, I, in my thinking at least, he, he must have thought maybe I didn't get that over as I should. I want to reemphasize this truth. I want you to get it. So he wrote another letter to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians 6, 6th chapter, the 14th through the 16th verses, and he says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? You see, the believers called a believer, the unbelievers called an unbeliever. The believers called righteousness, the unbelievers called unrighteousness. And what communion hath light with darkness? The believers call light, the unbelievers call darkness. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? The believers call Christ, the unbelievers call Belial. Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? The believer is called the temple of God. The unbeliever is called idols. For ye are the temple of the living God. Ooh, hallelujah. I mean, that's shouting ground, isn't it? Ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, live in them, in other words, and walk in them, and I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So there is an individual anointing of the Spirit that abides in each one of us. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. We need to learn to take advantage of it. Now, I want to go back here for just a moment to 1 Corinthians. I told you I was coming back there to 1 Corinthians, that third chapter of 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read the Amplified Translation. It is more explicit. Do you not discern and understand and I don't think we've ever discerned and understood yet. Discern means to see. Do you not see and understand that you, the whole church at Corinth, are, the, are God's temple, His sanctuary, and that God's Spirit has His permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you collectively as a church and also individually? Now, here's what I want you to see. You see, there's that individual anointing that abideth in us, but then there's that cooperative anointing that abides in us as a body of believers, a church. Are you listening to me? And it's more powerful. It's greater. I want us to look at some scripture further here now. First of all, I want us to go back to the Old Testament 
And we can see, we know the Old Testament is, is, is types and shadows and, and in samples or examples for us. Let's go back and see something here in Second Chronicles, the fifth chapter, when they dedicated the temple of God there. You see, the temple of God in the Old Testament was a man-made building. But God no longer dwells in earth-made or man-made buildings. He dwells in us. But yet we can see something here that will help let us see something about His indwelling us. And so it says, beginning to read with the 11th verse, And it came to pass, when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course, and also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asap, of Heman, of Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood in the east at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. It came even to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endure forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Now let's go on reading the first two verses of the next chapter. Then said Solomon, The Lord has said that he would dwell in the thick darkness, but I have built a house of habitation for thee and a place for thy dwelling forever. Now then come to the New Testament, to the third chapter of the book of Hebrews, and notice the sixth verse. And notice the difference between the house of God in the Old Testament and the house of God in the New Testament. Now notice, Hebrews 3, 6. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we? See, that agrees with what Paul said there in 1 Corinthians. Reading that amplified translation, the whole church at Corinth collectively are God's temple, dwelling place. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we? If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Now look at this verse of Scripture. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. No, he's not talking about a building. Hallelujah, he's talking about the church. That thou mayest know how to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. The church of the living God is the house of God. Now then, let's go back to 1 Corinthians three sixteen again. And again read, 
Well, first of all, the King James translation. Know ye not that ye are the temple, or we can read it like this, ye are the house of God. You see there in the Old Testament, he called the temple, Solomon's temple as we call it, we see three times it's called the house of God. So ye are the temple of God, ye are the house of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now they amplify it, that's King James. Do you not discern and understand that you, the whole church at Corinth, and the whole church, wherever they meet together, local groups are the temple of God or the house of God. Now listen. You, the whole church at Corinth. Well, they were churches in other places. He wrote letters to them. He would have said the same thing to them if he had been writing the same thing to them. You, the whole church at Corinth, are God's temple, his sanctuary. And that God's spirit has his permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you collectively as a church. Collectively as a church and also individually. So you see there is the individual anointing within us because that spirit, that anointing's in us, but then there's that corporate anointing. Now, we are conscious of his presence in our midst so many times. Why doesn't he magnify himself or manifest himself more often? Well, let's go back and see what they did to bring forth the visible manifestation of his glory. Well, you'll notice there, we read it in Second Chronicles. It speaks about all the singers. It speaks about all the players on the instruments. And it speaks about all of them when they became as one when they became as one. When they became as one. Hallelujah. And singing praises unto God. Saying, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the cloud filled the temple. The cloud filled that house. And then it caused the cloud, that's what it looked like, was a cloud came right in, filled the building. And then the priest could not stand to minister. There's something about that corporate body praising God that brings forth the manifestation of his glory. Can you say amen? amen. I think we modern day charismatics, now, now we folks, you know, back yonder saw it. But the modern day charismatics don't know too much about it. Are you listening to me? Oh, yes, we praise God. That's scriptural. But God wants to teach us something about his spirit. Are you listening to me? That we'll enter into the full manifestation of what he has for us. For you see, the corporate anointing is much greater than the individual anointing. Then we, we last night spoke about the, the anointing that's upon the ministry gifts and their individual anointings upon individuals to minister special ways. And thank God for that. But then this corporate anointing is greater than that. Amen. Now let's look at some scriptures in the New Testament that perhaps will help us that will parallel these Old Testament. For instance, let's start here with Acts. Notice in the Acts, the second chapter first. We know what happened on the day of Pentecost and so on. Then when we come to the end of the chapter, it says, 
We know about these thousands that were added that day into the, to the church. And the word of God says at the end of the chapter, the last two verses, and they continued daily with one accord. You notice that same thing back there? When they became as one in dedicating Solomon's temple to make one sound, they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now, I want you to notice three things about these two verses of Scripture. Number one, one accord. Number two, gladness. Number three, praising God. Now, then, let's turn right on over to the fourth chapter of Acts. You know what transpired in the third chapter of Acts. Peter and John at the entering in through the gate called Beautiful at the hour of prayer, you know. The ninth hour, that crippled man was healed and so on. And Peter and John were taken in question, commanded to preach and teach no more in the name of Jesus. And so here in the fourth chapter of Acts, in the 23rd verse, it says, And being let go, they went into their own company. Oh, I'll tell you, when you get in trouble, that's a good place to be in your own company. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I like the company I run with. Don't you? Praise God. Went into their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, when the company heard that, when they heard that, then they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. There's that one accord business again. They, plural, they, all of them lifted up their voice. Now we have a record that says of the prayer they prayed. You understand this, they probably didn't, I know they didn't all say the same words, but the Holy Ghost is inspiring Luke to write, and he's given us what God heard. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? And, and you have a prayer, the essence of what they prayed given to you there. They lifted up their voice with one accord. Hallelujah. Now, now, now notice, you can learn something here. The very first thing they did when they lifted up with their voices one accord, they said, Lord, thou art God. They're magnifying him as God which hath made heaven and earth. Oh, hallelujah. And the sea. And all that in them is. Who by the mouth of thy servant David is said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together, for to do whatsoever thy counsel, thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders shall be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Now, we're ready for this 31st verse. And when they had prayed, and you see, they all lifted their voice. They all prayed. This is just simply God giving us by the Spirit a resume of what they prayed. 
In other words, summon it up for us. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. It brought forth a manifestation of God's glory. It brought forth a manifestation of God's power. It brought forth a manifestation of the anointing, the Holy Ghost power. The place was shaken. Not just the people, bless God, the house shook. Some people get excited because the Holy Ghost, you know, in people and on people, and they shake sometimes. And different things happen, or even fall under the power. But I tell you, brother, wait till the building starts shaking. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible said the place, doesn't it? The place, the place where they were assembled. Hallelujah. The place, the place where they were assembled together, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Can you say amen? amen. Now then turn over here into the Acts to the 16th chapter of the Acts. The 16th chapter of the Acts. Here's a story you know well. Paul and Silas had been beaten and whipped. Their backs were bleeding. They were thrust into the innermost prison. Their feet were in stocks. And the Bible said, in this 24th verse, about the jailer, you see, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And. You know, a lot of folks, a lot of time people have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And I don't want you to misunderstand me, but I've seen people go down praying. Sometimes you need to pray and. Did you notice that? They didn't just pray, they prayed and. Sometimes you need to pray and. They prayed and. Sing praises. There we are again. That's what they were doing back there in the temple of God, the house of God, the house that Solomon built for God when the glory came in, when the cloud came in, filled the house. Hallelujah, isn't that right? And here in the New Testament, here Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And they were doing it right out loud because it said, and the prisoners heard them. 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 You remember back there in the Psalm 22, 3, it said about God, Jehovah God, that he inhabiteth the praises of Israel. He inhabits the praises of Israel. Well, he's the same God now as he was then. I mean, he hadn't changed one iota. God came down there and inhabited the praises of Paul and Silas and shook that old jail. Here's something else is shaking. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? And he shook that old jail. Bless God, delivered door flew open and, and, and the stocks fell off of their feet. Amen. The prison, the foundation of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. See, it says here, suddenly there was a great earthquake. But you know, this wasn't just an earthquake as we know them. 
because it just affected this one group here. The prison was shaken. The foundation, the doors opened. An earthquake wouldn't cause the bands that prisoners were bound with and the stocks on their feet to fall off, but the bands fell off. Amen, isn't that right? The stocks fell off of their feet. Well, remember that text we read last night where it said it's the anointing, bless God, that breaks or destroys the yoke. Hallelujah. Now, you know, in, in the, we, some of us, are anointed. And anybody can teach the Word of God and get folks to believe it, folks will get healed. Any believer can in faith lay hands on people because these signs are following them believe they'll lay hands on the sick and shall recover. But then God uses people in special ways. The Bible said God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought on the sick handkerchiefs of apron, the diseases departed from them, the evil spirits went out of them. And so uh, the, the anointing upon us, upon ministries, uh, very often brings forth marvelous things. But uh, did you ever notice? I've noticed it again and again. I know just recently, this past fall, we had a Holy Ghost seminar. And I began to teach about the Holy Ghost within you and the new birth and the Holy Ghost upon you and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, you see, he'll be in you, a well of water springing up in everlasting life. But Jesus said, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you'll receive power. And then down towards the end, I got into some of this teaching. And one night, oh no, no, we didn't have something worked up. See, too many times folks try to work up something in the flesh. That, that, don't, that don't produce any power. Amen. Amen. It's really obnoxious, you see. But I'll tell you, as we began to flow all of us with the Spirit, nearly 3,000 people. Now, I've been, you know, I came in, you know, way back into Pentecost years ago, and I've seen people dance in the Spirit. I dance in the Spirit sometimes, but I've never seen anything like it in my life. The power of God fell on us, and you see 3,000 people dancing, well, every single one of them dancing. <laughs> Hallelujah. We had an ambassador from the UN from, uh, that was there. And bless God there, look down there, and there he was dancing. In the Spirit. He had been recently baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, you see, I ministered to the sick, but you know, while we were dancing and praising God, folks just started getting healed like popcorn, just all over the place. There was a boy 12 years of age on crutches, playing, see, this is fall, playing football, broke his leg. Laid down his crutches, bless God, just come running down the aisle, him and my, my grandson stood on the platform just a-weeping and a-crying instantly healed. Folks all over the building, just like you snap your finger everywhere, that corporate anointing began to work. It's the greatest yet. You didn't have to pray for anybody, didn't have to minister to anybody. You see, we became as one in worship. You know, the Word of God said to praise God in the dance. You ever notice here in the Old Testament what place praise had? So, oh yeah, but now Brother Hagin, that's in the Old Testament. I know that that's just what I wanted you to say. If praise had such a great part in their worship and in their ministry, amen, when they were just operating under the type and the shadow, brother, how much part should it have with us? Are you listening to me? Did you ever notice, I know you read the book of Psalms, but did you ever notice in the book of Psalms, you know, we call it the book of Psalms, our King James translation, but actually the book of Psalms is really not the book or a book, it's five books. And in the original Hebrew Bible, it's divided that way, the five books of Psalms. It corresponds to the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. And these five books of Psalms was Israel's prayer and song book. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You want to see how they worship and praise God? 
Well, you could start here. I mean, I just promiscuously opened. Look at the 108th Psalm. I just happened to open. Notice how it begins. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise, even with my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing praises unto thee among the nations. Now notice the very first verse of the 109th Psalm. Hold not thy peace, O God, of my praise. Hallelujah. Notice the 111th Psalm begins, Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. See, he didn't just praise God at home by himself. Amen. But in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. Glory to God. Now notice 112 Psalm. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord and delighteth greatly in his command. 113th Psalm. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? Now let's skip over to the 117th Psalm. It begins, Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people, for his merciful kindness towards us. And the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. The 118th Psalm begins, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good because his mercy endureth forever. That's what they were singing back there. Bless God when they dedicated the temple when the cloud came in. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now let's look at some more Psalms here. But let's turn on over to, uh, and, and notice how that they bless and praise the Lord. Let's go to the 134th Psalm next now. Oh, it's all through there, but I just want to notice these. Behold... Bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Now get this, get this. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Glory to God. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord has made heaven and earth. Hallelujah to Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. That's what they were saying over there in that fourth chapter of Acts, wasn't it? The Lord who made heaven and earth. I'm so glad they hadn't read after Darwin and his theory of evolution. Bunch of bunk. The Lord made heaven and earth. 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 And all that in them is. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now look at the 135th Psalm. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the name of the Lord. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. Ye that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name, for it is pleasant. Notice the 136th Psalm. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. O give thanks unto the God of gods. Oh, praise God. He is the God of gods. He is the King of kings. He is the, the highest potentate, praise God, of the universe. 
Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Now notice the 138th Psalm. I will bless thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's, let's look a little bit further. But you'll find praise, many of them begin with praise. And if it doesn't begin before you get through, praise God, he's praising God. Let's start with the 144th now and go on through the 150th. Blessed be the Lord, my strength. Oh, thank God, he's my strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I, the 145th. Well, let's, let's read the last verse of the 144th Psalm. Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is the people whose God is the Lord. You know, you, 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 if a fellow's happy, he can't hide it. You know, you can be around somebody, something's happened. They're sad. It's very distinguishable, isn't it? Happy is the people whose God's the Lord. I wonder sometimes about folks. You go to some churches and you look and they look like they're so sad, look like, you know, all the kin folks that died. Their mother-in-law had moved in on them to stay forever, maybe. You know, something terrible's happened to them. You can tell the way they look. Their face is so long. The further in the service you go, the longer it gets. Till it sort of reminded me of the little boy. The story I heard about the little boy from the cities visiting in the country. He, he never, you know, he had never seen a mule, and I'd seen pictures of him, but he had never seen one. He'd never been in the country, lived in the city. And so he'd slipped off from the house, was out at the barn looking around, and he looked to a crack, and, he, and there, there's this old mule, you know, standing right at him. He run back, you know, and to his mother and said, Mama, Mama, said, that old mule's got the same kind of religion as Grandpa. <laughs> he had such a long face, you know, he thought he had the same religion as Grandpa. Oh, bless God. I said, bless God. Amen. Happy, 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 happy. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Now, see, people, you know, train differently in religion, not in the Word of God, but in religion. They'll go to church, you know, and want to sit there, you know, just like this. You know, they had a poker for a backbone. Never move, you know. Look sour, you know. I tell folks all the time, you know, they look sour like they'd been put up in vinegar. The Bible never said a word about the saints being pickled. It said they're preserved. <laughs> amen. Can you say amen? It said they're preserved. Bless God, not pickled. Hallelujah. Well, let's go on here. If you can stand it, I can. I'm a getting happier by the moment. The 145th Psalm. I will extol thee, O my God, O King, I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee. Whoa, glory to God, hallelujah. Every day will I bless thee. And I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. The 146th Psalm. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God 
while I have my being. Hallelujah. 147th Psalm. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is comely. Hallelujah. 148th Psalm. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his host. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heaven of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. Hallelujah. The 149th Psalm. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him, that the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Praise God, you read the 12th chapter of Hebrews and you'll find that Zion's a church. Let them praise his name in the dance. Dancing belongs to the people of God. The devil stole it away from us. Did you hear me? Music and dancing belong to the people of God. The devil stole it and perverted it. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Now notice the 150th Psalm. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Now where is his sanctuary now? They were talking about the temple back there then. We've already established ye, the whole church at Corinth, are the temple of God God's house, his sanctuary. Hallelujah. All right, now notice. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding symbols. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Let's stand up and praise him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah to Jesus. Thank you, Father. 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 Glory. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that you give me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name of God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just one or two other things before I finish. I heard a older minister, Pentecostal minister, full gospel, began his ministry many, many years ago. I guess we'd sort of call him one of the pioneers of the full gospel movement. And he, in, in the message that I heard him preach, he said, uh, he started out preaching at 14 years old. When he was 16, he was holding a youth revival in a certain church. And the pastor was called away to another city to preach a funeral. He had formerly pastored. Uh, he drove by automobile, couldn't get back. In fact, he, he was gone overnight. He said, I stayed in the home of the pastor. I was a 16-year-old boy. They had a boy about my same age. I, I, I slept in the room with him. But in the nighttime, the pastor's wife got a call from one of their parishioners. And their little child, little, little baby, well, I said baby, it was a little less than a year old, several months. And it went into convulsions, having convulsions, so he called for prayer. And so they, uh, they went to, she asked him, the pastor's wife is not a minister, and he is, he's 16 years old, but he's called of God. She asked him to go. And so he said they went, and, and so he said by, by her uh, insistence, he anointed the child with oil, and we all prayed, and, you know, being 16, he just followed him. I, I said everything I'd ever, ever heard other ministers say, rebuke the devil, command the child to be healed. Everything, you know, and said, it just convulsions continued. After a while, we started quieting down a little bit, you know, and the pastor's wife just began to sing praises. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Began to praise God directly. She began to sing it. And he said, one by one, we all picked that up in that room. And we were all singing praises to God, you see, just to just praise the Lord. Glory to God. Singing it, singing it, singing it. And all of a sudden, the, the convulsions ceased. Well, we stopped and got to talking around and the child went back into convulsions. I went through the same rigmarole, rolled and anointed the child with oil again, laid hands on it, rebuked the devil and everything I'd ever seen anybody do. And after a while, the pastor's wife began to sing again or began to praise God and finally began to sing praises. And we all joined in. While we were all joining in, praising God, hallelujah. You see, Paul and Silas at midnight prayed and sang praises. The victory came while they were singing praises. The convulsion ceased. He said, never to return again. The child is completely healed. Praise God. That corporate anointing. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? I, I was thinking along this line after, after that uh, Holy Ghost seminar we had. Uh, I, I pastored nearly 12 years, not just one church, 
folks back in those days would change churches pretty often, but uh, uh, this particular church I pastored four years, another one three years, and some only two, and one or two just one year. But I, I remember uh, only one church could ever, did I ever get bring to this place. I tried to. But now one church, we had such a, a unity in one accordness in praising and worshiping God until it was just a constant thing for miracles and healings and the miraculous to take place in our church. It, it was just almost, I want you to say, an everyday thing. And, and as I look back, you know, really, these other churches I pastored, I did three or four times as much praying, twice as much fasting, and never did get the results. But here I said to the Lord, Lord, you know, I, 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 I don't remember of ever, very seldom ever fasting. You know, I prayed, but no, just read a protected prayer. Uh, you know, at other churches, we'd have special time to pray. We didn't have any other than some ladies coming to pray, taking requests to God in prayer. We didn't have any protracted times of prayer. It just seemed we just flowed. You see, in other words, it just happened. We didn't have to do anything much. It just happened. Where otherwise, you see, we pastored and prayed and kicked and clawed and did everything we knew to do, you know, and, and did get some results. But you see, this, when, when, when you get into that place, praise God, of really worshiping God, it just flows. Are you listening to me? It just flows. And that's, that's what we need. Glory to God, that's what we need in our churches. And then, then you see, I found out, you see, I, I see it there in our healing meetings quite frequently, in other meetings too, you see. And others have seen it. I mean, the cloud comes in, you can see it. Just like you'd see a cloud in the sky, it comes in, just fills the thing. Praise God. Sometimes I get to preaching and teaching, it'll come in, you know, and I don't see anybody, just, just absolutely blocks them out. But then, sometimes, and most of the time, it's just hanging right above their heads. And at times like that, without you ever praying, without you ever ministering people, these are healing. I mean, folks just get, receive it, you see, because the anointing is there. Sometimes it comes into visible manifestation. Did in the Old Testament, didn't it? I said, didn't it? And that was a visible. What do you think? You think that wasn't visible when the house started shaking? <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Where they were praying. You think that wasn't visible when that old jail started shaking, every door flew open? That came into manifestation. You know? It came as a result of Paul and Silas praying and praying and praying and. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Praise God. Don't know whether I've helped you or not, but it preached me happy. <laughs> Hallelujah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't take much for me just to have an East Texas Brush Arbor spell. Now, these modern-day charismatics don't know anything about a brush arbor spell. But you hang around long enough, you'll have to see one. Praise God. I have them occasionally. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. Say praise the Lord. Say praise the Lord. If I had time, I, I, you know, I was talking last night about the anointing, you know, and I'm just teaching this morning, but I, I feel the preaching spirit coming on me. I don't have that very often. I, I don't have that very often. I, it wouldn't take much for me to just take off the preaching. Now I've been teaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You think I, you think I ought to? What time are we supposed to get out of here, brother? God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, I, I'll just do it. Hallelujah. Got your Bibles? Get them open. Get them open. Open them to the 29th Psalm. Hallelujah. 29th Psalm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Real quickly. 29th Psalm. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due in his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Siren like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calf and discovereth the forest. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. You see, actually, this is a Pentecostal psalm, whether you realize that or not. You see, God, he starts off here by saying give. In the very first verse and the very next verse, he starts off by saying give. There's no people in all the world that believe in giving like Pentecostal, born again, spirit-filled folk. I don't mean just money, but I mean they believe in giving God everything they got. Hallelujah. Body, soul, and spirit. Hallelujah. But yet, right on the other hand, when it comes to money, no people in all the world give like born again, spirit-filled people. Hallelujah. Praise God. I tell folks very often there are two kinds of people among us, kickers and givers. The givers never kick and the kickers never give. Amen. Praise God. And so you can tell right along who's on the giving side. But then we get to that third voice. Third, and he said, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The fourth verse, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The fifth verse, the voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars, uh, uh, breaketh the cedars. Yea, he breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. You see, when he talks about the voice of the Lord here, he's talking about the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. He's talking about the power of God. That's what he's talking about. And so, actually, David is, is, is describing a storm. Actually, a real storm there in Judea. But yet, right on the other hand, there's a spiritual aspect to it. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. Waters in the Bible is a type of, uh, of a people. A people. The voice of uh, multitudes. The voice of the Lord is upon the people. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. Hallelujah. The God of glory thundereth. Hallelujah. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. You see, when the storm came along, it broke the cedars. Well, the voice of the Lord, he's saying, is powerful. It breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. See, the, 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 the greatest, the giant cedars grew there in Lebanon. What does that mean? That means they don't come too big for God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. One church I pastored, I remember a fellow said to me, said, Brother Egan, you think old men so-and-so will ever be saved? I said, Brother Williams, I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. He said, well, I've talked to the deacons and different members of the church, and we don't ever even pray for him anymore. You know, he's gospel-hardened, they say. He's been coming here 25 years and never made a move. His wife is saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and a member of the church. He'd come on Sunday night with her. But he's coming 25 years. Nothing ever phases anymore. We just give up on him. We decided he's too hard. I said, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe I knew this psalm. You see, I don't believe they come too big for God. Hallelujah. I don't believe they come too hard for God. Hallelujah. 
And so, I, after I left the church, I'd heard that Mr. So-and-so had been saved. I said, how did it happen? Somebody said, little old 12-year-old girl come to the altar and got baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. And it is in the altar service. And suddenly she just stood up, never did open her eyes, but the Spirit of God was director. And walked down the aisle with her hands up, praising God. That is in tongues. And when she went by this man who was standing uh, you know, next to the aisle on the last seat, right in the back of the auditorium. He is standing right. When she went by him, didn't say a word, just went by with hands up praising God. He ran out between the pew and ran for the altar. Praise God, slid into the altar like he'd slide into second base. Hallelujah. God saved him running down the aisle. God saved him running down the aisle because when he slid into the altar, he's talking in tongues. Hallelujah. They don't come too big for God. Praise God. I heard one minister say he is Church of Christ. He is going with a young lady who is quite interested in her. She is a beautiful young lady, you know. He knew she wasn't a member of his church. He is pastor of a Church of Christ. But he said, I ventured to say to her one time, what church you belong to or where do you go, you know? He's great to interest her. Well, she sort of, she thought she, is, she wasn't going to church then. It was about half backslid, but she thought at least I'll stand up for my color. She said, well, really, I'm Pentecostal. Uh, my parents go to the Pentecostal church. In those days, they built Pentecostal church way out in Plumbing nearly, plumb out of town nearly in the country. See, Brother, brother, brother Osteen's thoroughly Pentecostal. <laughs> and so, and so this fellow said, you know, uh, she said then, I, I've been going to church. Why don't you go with me to my church tomorrow night, Monday night? She had heard her parents say they're going to have service every night. So he said he went. And he said they, they, she didn't know it because she hadn't been. But really the pastor left and they were meeting praying God would send him a pastor. And they found out he was a preacher and didn't stop to ask him who he was. Asked him if he had preached. He said, well, I'm not prepared now, but I'll preach tomorrow night if it's all right. Okay. So he came back the next night to preach. He said, I went home and sat up to 4 o'clock in the morning typing up notes. And I had eight pages of closely typewritten notes. I'm going to prove to these poor foolish people, you know, that all that's been done away with. And that's not for us today, poor foolish stupid people. And so he said they hadn't had any preaching. The pastor had been gone, you know, for some time. And they turned it to him right away. And he got up and read his text and started reading from these notes, you know. And he said, I got out about the fourth of the way of the first page. And a little old white-haired woman standing, sitting right in front of me said, suddenly she said, Glory! And he said, I jumped and lost my place. And he said, I started reading again. And I got out about a halfway of the first page. And that same little old white-headed woman said, Well, Hallelujah! And he said, I jumped and lost my place. And he said, then I started the third time and I got out about the same place on the page and that same little old white-haired woman suddenly jumped to her feet and said, glory to God, I just started dancing. And he said, that place come apart. Everybody started dancing or shouting. And he said, when I came to myself an hour and a half later, I was sitting there behind the pulpit talking in tongues. <laughs> Hallelujah! They don't come too big for God, praise God. They don't come too big for God. Hallelujah! Can you say amen? Hallelujah. He breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. Praise God. Hallelujah. He breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He make them also to skip like a calf. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. The voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. I told you it's a Pentecostal psalm. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, there in one accord in one place, suddenly came a hell, sign from heaven like a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared clothing tongues like as a fire. Hallelujah. And sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. He divideth the flames of fire. 
Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. Oh, praise God. What is he talking about? Don't you remember Israel came out of Egypt? Egypt's a type of the world. They got up there to Kadesh Barnea. They sent the spies in to spy out the land. And, and, and you remember that these 10 of them brought back an evil report, two of them brought back a good report. You see, the land of Canaan, we Baptists used to think it's a type of heaven. It's not a type of heaven. When you get to heaven, there won't be any cities to take. There'll be no battles to fight. There'll be no enemy over there. No, bless God. Canaan's land is a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a type of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and divine healing and all of the blessings that belong to the people of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And a lot of people, you see, a lot of people have come out of the world. Yes, they've been saved. They've come up to Kadesh. Bless God, they even got sanctified. But I'll tell you, he shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. To bring you on in to the fullness of the Pentecostal experience. Praise God forevermore. Amen. He shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to cave. Hallelujah. Make a soul winner out of every one of you. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to cave. Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. Hallelujah. And discovereth the forest and in his temple. Oh, glory to God. There we are again. Back to the temple. In his temple. There in the Old Testament, the temple was a temple that Solomon built. In the New Testament, the temple is the house of God, whose house you are, the church of the living God. And here it said, in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. But actually the Hebrew said, in his temple doth everyone say glory. Hallelujah. Stand up and say glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. this message. For more information about Kenneth Hagen Ministries, call 1-888-283-2484 or visit our website at www.rhema.org or write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, Post Office Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150-0126. And in Canada, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, Post Office Box 335, Station D, Etobicoke, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, M9A4X3.